Welcome everyone to Riftwalkers. This is part one of three of our pilot episode, so make sure to listen to the next two to get the full introduction to this exciting new world. If you want to connect with the cast and other fans, join our Discord channel. There's a link in the episode description. We're so happy you're joining us for this adventure, so please enjoy the first episode of Riftwalkers. Beams of sunlight stream out from behind darkening clouds as a new day dawns in the old world. Below an imposing array of snow-capped mountains and treacherous cliffs, an expanse of forest and hills goes on as far as the eye can see. At the base of these cliffs is a flurry of activity and noise in an immense military encampment. The rift has opened once more. Though no one can truly predict when the mysterious portal will open and close, an organization of like-minded individuals, the Rift Wardens, safeguard and study this gateway to another world. On this particular morning, Lieutenant Reese, an Asimar, and his team of Wardens and Explorers are called to go through the Rift. They've been waiting, training, for this day for months, some of them for years. But even with the hustle and bustle outside, the Lieutenant remains asleep, only a sturdy knock at his door and the subsequent entrance of his commander, a human named Amarin, stirs Reese to the wider world. Reese, it is time to go. The others are mustered in the field, and your time has come. Are you ready? Reese offers a curt nod and follows him out. As Reese enters the mustering field, there are many Rift Wardens going to and fro, exercising, doing drills readying themselves for the day that they may go through the rift. Amaren brings Reese over to four individuals lined up. A Goliath, an elf, a human, and a dwarf. Okay, so we walk up. Reese, an ASMR with a mask covering his face. You can barely even see the light shining through it just because of the glint coming from the sun. He addresses the four standing in front of him, looks each one of them in the eye, and just says, Well, are you ready? The dwarf pipes up and says, Hi, lad. We are ready. Reese walks up, puts his hand firmly on the dwarf's shoulder. Sergeant fell still. I expect you... Please, lad, call me Otis. Very well. I'm glad to have you accompanying us. We haven't worked much together here, but I'm glad you became part of the company. Aye. I as well. Upon hearing um, their small group referred to as a company, the human uh, of slight build, he, he perks up a little and he goes... I'm not quite sure I would call us a company, but yes. It was very good to have you join us, Otis. I mean, we've been part of a military installation for like a year now. Or yeah, whatever. but a company's like 40 men, <laughs> and we're four. <laughs> whatever. Okay, anyways. He just, you know, he comes forward. But be that as it may, I am ready to go. To the side of Luca, a robed figure goes to take down his hood and reveals himself to be a moon elf with a slightly blue hue to the skin and white hair. And he says, I am ready to leave as well, sir. Reese kind of shakes his head a little bit, chuckling to himself. Lyrian, I've told you before, you don't need to call me sir. I think we've been through enough together that we're beyond that. Very true, Reese. I will keep that in mind. And then Reese just kind of stares him in the eye. He doesn't really shoot him a grin because he wouldn't be able to see it anyways, but he just (laughs) nods and then he heads over to the towering goliath on the end of the line. Lamak, you seem rather stoic today. Then again, you are always. I assume you are ready. Very astute of you, Reese. Yes, I am ready. Very well. Reese then turns back to the captain and just addresses him. Captain, 
We're ready. It would seem so. Very well. I wish you the best of luck. Take these supplies. And he starts divvying out different bags and sacks and small pouches along with a couple crates that you're able to drag or carry along. Yellowfoot is in dire need, so we believe. So it is with the utmost haste that you should make your way there upon entering the new world. If we see each other again, gods bless us. If not, then let them bless you evermore. And he gives you a sharp salute and sends you off. And Reese returns, and then he turns back towards the men. All right, well, even though that was our official parting order, we do have a few minutes if you need to do anything to collect yourselves or prepare. For myself, I say we go. There's no thing holding me here, and I've heard this world is... This new world is interesting. (laughs) It'll be unlike anything you've ever seen, my friend. And you know, do you? Otis says with a quizzical look on his face. (laughs) And then Reese just kind of shoots him a glance. Well, of course not. But we're about to find out together. And he winks at him. Aye, but Lieutenant, they say no one comes back from the rift. Well, maybe they just don't want to come back. I mean... We've only been able to manage sparse pieces of information, such as these texts and whatnot learning the language. But, uh, I don't know. Is no one else really afraid? Is it just me? Just the bloody dwarf? The Goliath leans down. He stoops down way low. To the door. <laughs> to get to get in the dwarf's face. He says, Fear is a sign of weakness, little one. If you are afraid, perhaps you should stay. I am ready to go. Otis scoffs, and then he goes and picks up one of the supply crates. Luca also goes, grabs one of the supply crates. Um, I'm feeling like they're pretty loaded down with stuff. Is this kind of like, you know, paratrooper-type bit where everyone's, like, carrying a ton of stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then he starts sort of waddling his way over, completely overburdened with supplies, toward, I'm guessing there's a staging area. Yes. Um, So as you go toward the rift itself, like I said, it's this large portal. There is sort of a grandstand set before it where one can walk up. It's heavily guarded, and it's enormous. It's this large, like, wooden and iron construction piece. And then there is basically a drop where you'd have to take a, not a running leap, but a little hop off of the grandstand itself and kind of fall into the rift. Luca, he's gonna, you know, he's going to gather his supplies, he has everything, and he's going to begin uh, the journey, presumably the slow journey, as loaded out as he is, toward the rift, ready to jump off and meet the new world. Does Reese lead everyone to the rift then? Yes, he goes up to Vamok. Vamok, you and I will pull the sled. Uh, is a sled a good term for it? The Yeah, there's a... yeah. Okay. And he motions toward the sled with the supplies that are a bit larger. Very well. I will do as you ask. And he assists Vamok and they both start pulling towards the staging area as well. Aye, no looking back now! And Otis kind of just bolts up the stairs to the grandstand and hops into the rift. <laughs> and disappears. Reese just kind of mutters to himself, and he kind of looks back at the rest of the, the gang and motions them forward. Luca is actually, for the moment, kind of surprised by the, the, the sturdiness and the quickness that Otis was allowed to move, even carry down so much. Kind of has a new respect for his strength and things. And his, uh, he sort of comments, you know, in his mind, he's just like, I, I did not know that one could be so strong. Because he's, like, but, like, Luca's struggling. Like, you got, when I say waddle, I'm not joking. Right, he's, right. Like, Overburden. Luke is not a big guy in general, and he's like, geez. So he's he's quite impressed by that uh, that feat of running up those stairs and jumping off by Otis there. Kind of seeing this expression, Lyrian just kind of looks at Luca and says, 
feisty one, isn't he? I must admit, when Vamak here said fear is weak, I thought he might, in fact, not come. But if he's that strong, just running, I hope that we can count on him in battle as well. You know that the longer in between you're going through the rift and someone else's, the less chance that you'll land near each other. Okay, then yeah, we're booking it. I mean, Reese was kind of pulling through as soon as he said that to himself. He was going through. Okay. So everyone goes through the rift? Yes. See you on the other side. So entering the rift itself is rather unceremonious. You kind of just, like, fade into it. However, once each of you are inside, you are subjected to a tumultuous scene of raging colors and sounds and experiences as you feel your mind and body being ripped apart and shredded and stretched and then put back together the right way, then the wrong way, and then reassembled again and again. Your very consciousness, almost seeing your physical form, be tortured by a thousand different dark apparitions. And then all of a sudden, and you land face first in the soft grass of a new world. Is this a hard landing or a soft landing? It depends. Well, I just landed face first, so I'm just curious whether or not this is, (laughs) oh, I broke my nose, or, oh, that was surprisingly calm for arrival. Relatively, for what you just went through, it's surprisingly calm. (laughs) Well, I could have done without that. As each of you look up in turn, however, as Lyrian speaks to his companions, he notices that the only one beside him is Reese. Luca is entirely by himself, and Vamok... You see Otis, not 20 paces away, suspended in the air, sort of bathed in this blue aura of light as a spindly, shimmering tendril emits from this larger orb that you might liken it to a wisp from your world, but it's at least five times larger than that and dwarfs Otis. Um, so, Luca, oh yeah, I guess you're probably focusing on those two, so never mind. No, actually, we're going to go to Lyrian and Reese first. So, upon hearing Lyrian's comment, Reese stands up, kind of brushes himself off. He repulls his cape, which was over a single shoulder, tied with his insignia, showing his rank in the Rift Wardens. Double checks his gear, makes sure his greatsword is on his back, and then he turns back towards Lyrian, sees him. Are you all right? I'm fine. How about yourself? I, I'm, I'm fine myself, but and he kind of looks around rapidly. I don't know where any of the others are, and is the equipment with us that we were carrying, or is that also gone? Whatever Lyrian was carrying is with you, as battered as it is, but the sled is gone. Okay, well, the portal must have separated us more than I expected. We should find the others. And at that point, you hear a blood-curdling, deep-throated scream cream now to luca luca he sits up uh he's got a faint headache it was physically taxing for him to pass through this portal so as he you know he shakes it off he actually takes his dagger and he starts not even like pulling the straps off he just starts cutting the straps with all this weight that's been holding him down he just he finally gets himself off the ground immediately falls onto his hands and knees throws up but after he throws up he actually feels really great so he's got that sort of post throw thing on so he's he's feeling great and he starts looking around he hears this scream and is it kind of echoey, like, or would he be able to locate it just around direction-wise? It's probably 50 feet to your left or wherever. Okay. so And he's able to locate it, and he's he's feeling so, you know, kind of so good that he immediately, you know, he puts away his dagger, he pulls out his rapier, and he starts slowly approaching. He doesn't know where the scream came from or who did it, but he, no one screams like that if it's a good thing happening. Okay. So back to Vamak and Otis. 
So, Vamok, for the record, right in front of you is the sled and the majority of the supplies that everyone was carrying. As Lyrian, Luca, and Reese burst through the trees from behind you, they see the same scene that you do. As Otis is slowly turned around and this blue tendril that you saw that was sort of going into his chest, at least from behind him, that's what it looked like, holding him aloft, you see it now that it's spread all over the front of his body, like little prickling fingers or worms prodding him and probing him, going into his eyes, mouth, nose, ears, and every other orifice it can find, before ultimately ripping him in half. We're talking like top half, bottom half? We're talking left side, right side. Left side, right side. Oui. As uneven and unrefined of a tear as you can imagine. As Otis's last scream gargles through a well of blood that bursts forth from his shattered abdomen. Luca immediately. I don't actually know. Is he going to run away or is he going to shoot? I think he's going to take out his hand crossbow and he's going to take a shot at uh, the wisp-like creature in front of him. Okay. Sand crossbow sucks A, but we're going to try it. Okay. That missed. 11. That does miss. All right. Shot wide. Actually, you didn't. It went right through it. Okay. Remember, this thing is large. It's probably six feet by six feet and is hovering about four feet in the air. And it's just radiating these odd tendrils that then start whipping all around as you must roll initiative. But Mock rolled a 19. I rolled a 10. 6. 17. So it will go two players, and then the monster, and then the other two players. Who's going first? I say we let Bad Boy and Vamok go first. I feel like magic will be more effective. I'm down. Probably. Probably. Okay. Vamok, seeing that the bolt, the crossbow bolt, was very ineffective, he calmly breathes in, places his hands together, mutters a few words, and sends out bolts of energy from his hands in the form of Eldritch Blast. Nice. Which means he is going to make an attack roll. Um, the first one was 25. That is a hit. Dealing 13 damage. The second one is a 16. That misses. So the first shot strikes the wisp-like creature, and the beam of energy crackles a bit, and it seems to have done something. But as the second one hits, it just kind of diffuses into the being with no apparent effect. Yeah, the first one seems to like blow a portion of it off almost. And then as the second one hits, it almost captures that bolt right before it hits its form and seems to absorb, regenerating whatever was lost. Not great. Everybody else can go. The mock for his move action is going to move over to the sled and grab it and... Start walking away. <laughs> I thought you said fear was a sign of weakness. No, this isn't fear. This is called being rational. <laughs> okay. At, after he sighed, absorb a second blast. Because, you know, Vamok's like, well, who's stronger? The guy that goes up against the big wispy thing and dies? Otis. Or the guy who lives to fight another day? Vamok. All right. So which player's going next? Lyrian can go. Lyrian can go if he wants to. Seeing first Luca's bolt go straight through it, and then something happened a little bit with magic. He was like, maybe I'll take a shot at this. That's going to be 11. So as you shoot your arrow into it, it stops, and then you see the arrow disintegrate inside its form, and it actually grows a tiny 
tiny bit bigger. Lyrian, after seeing this monster absorb his arrow, he's actually kind of afraid because he just saw this dwarf, Otis, somebody he's known for the last little bit, just be ripped in two. And he lets his fear get the better of him and decides that it's best for him to leave. And he starts running away. And he doesn't pick up any provisions or whatnot? No. (laughs) All right. So the large wisp-like creature moves forward and it whips out with four of these flame-like tendrils all at Reese, who's front and center. I was not front and center. I'm the furthest one away. (laughs) Well, with everyone else gone, you're front and center. Fine. (laughs) I mean, it's between really you and Luca. That's true. That's true. And you're the bigger one. So you're able to jump over one of these tendrils and then sidestep another and slash at a third, but then a fourth one whoops you right in the chest. Oh no, it, and that it whooped me. Like a big sturdy punch almost, sending you flying backward and dealing 17 damage. That deals a minor wound to Reese. You get the wind knocked out of you and possibly have bruised your sternum as you get knocked aside, suffering that minor wound. You will take a negative one on constitution-related checks until that is treated. Okay. Okay, two more players. Who's next? Go ahead, Reese. How are your rib feeling? So I have to stand up. Yes. Okay, so Reese stands up. How far away am I from this thing? Like, was it still moving forward? Am I close enough that I could just attack, or would I have to move towards it? It has a larger reach than you, so you'd have to move a bit closer. Okay, but standing up, is that my move, or does it take half my move? That takes half your movement. So Reese kind of gathers himself, stands up, and having had his greatsword drawn, charges at the apparently ever-growing orb and attempts to take a slash at it. Please do. That's going to be 26. That is a hit. Sweet. As he swipes it, you notice that his face grows a little brighter and that actually kind of imbues this greatsword with what looks to be a little bit of light. And that goes through and it deals... Not great. (laughs) Really not great. (laughs) Plus five is 23. Dealing 23 radiant damage. You actually deal... 46 radiant damage. And as your sword, you bring this huge slash through it. It's kind of like swiping through liquid fire and it just spews outward. And you hear this strange, high-pitched, almost a scream in your mind. At least you and Luca do, being the only ones who are still right next to it. You know that whatever it is, you have damaged it incredibly well. All right, well, being invigorated by this, he's going to take a second attack, because he can do that. Okay. Ah, oh, ball sack. <laughs> what a great addition to this podcast. Uh, that is a uh, one. Wait, like a net one? That is a critical fail? That is a critical fail. Okay, so as you swing your sword and, like I said, slash through it, and then you bring it back for a second strike, just like Lyrian's arrow, it catches your sword. Don't tell me it disintegrates my sword. (laughs) You see bits of your sword kind of start to flake off inside its form. Do a strength check. Isn't your sword imbued with holy radiant energy? Not necessarily. This one is only when I will it, and that actually damages me. Uh, Okay. Okay. Strength. Uh, Sick. 19. You are able to wrench your sword free, only having suffered the tiniest amount of damage. But it seems this creature has learned to deflect your attacks. All right, last player, Luca Cole. 
I was going to tell you the truth, right before he uh, got his sword stuck there, Luca was actually pretty buoyed up by that hit and was thinking, I'm going to take a swing at this bad boy. (laughs) But uh, now deterred from the reaction of the wisp-like creature, he saw Reese's second attack there just be completely ineffective and appears to have learned something. So Luca is more than happy uh, to book it out of here. So he quickly loads another quarrel into his uh, hand crossbow, shoots, and books it. So roll for attack on that crossbow bolt, yeah. and then... Ooh, that 20! Ooh, okay. So, uh, yeah, so it's going to be like 10. Okay, so that crossbow bolt goes straight through it, but it brings with it these wisps of fire. So you have damaged it as your crossbow bolt then sticks into a tree on the other side of it, still glowing blue. As Luca turns to bolt out of there, does he try to salvage any equipment? I mean... Luca's still got, like, all the crap he was carrying with him. So okay. anything that he cut off, he's going to run back toward that area. And he'll grab that on the way out. But he's not grabbing anything from the sled area, no. All right. Sounds good. Because Vamok took the sled and Lyrian just left his crap. Lyrian had all his stuff on him. That's what I was... But any stuff that was, yeah, like, on the, that was on the ground. Yeah, and that, that's what I was going to say earlier. I only have the stuff that I was carrying. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Back to the top. Um, the only one still in this encounter is Reese. So, Reese. Freaking A, people. I need well, you to roll a die to see if you can escape, because if not, you get eaten. Yeah, so Reese takes a quick look to his left and to his right. Can he see them still as they're running away, or are they completely out of sight? They have fled. Okay. Yeah, from now on, I will tell you whether or not you leave the encounter. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Sure. So, I should have said that before. But Vamok, Luca, and Lyrian have left the encounter. All right. Then, cursing to himself quietly under his breath, he takes his mask off for a brief second and emits just this brilliant white light, which almost engulfs himself in it. And it's very hot. It's like a flame, but it deals... Where's my D6? Eight radiant damage. So it deals 16 damage to the creature. And then... I'm assuming it gives some sort of response, which he's going to attempt to use to flee. Yeah, it actually backs away, and you see the tendrils start to whip out onto trees and plants, and even the corpse of Otis disintegrating these bits, trying to, what you can surmise as regenerate, giving you ample time to flee. Okay. On its departure, is it aggressive towards Reese or like, I guess I wouldn't know this as a character, but this is just curious as a player. Is he, or is he just kind of back to floating sort of fine? It's kind of acting like a wounded animal. Okay. Cool. All right. Then Reese immediately puts his mask back on and just books it. So the four of you run. And you are going and running, and Vamok in the lead, as you're going along, just dragging this sled through this thick underbrush, you actually barrel into a slight man and knock him down. Vamok stops and looks puzzled, and he looks down. He says, what are you doing here? And this man who, he has sort of a darker complexion. He has black hair, brilliant green eyes, and he stares up at you. He couldn't be more, honestly, than 16 or 17 years old. And in a tongue you just barely learned not too long ago that you know as Felish, the language of the New World, or at least the most common one, so you've been told, he says, God damn it, what are you? What, what are you? And he's kind of given you a once-over, and then his eyes grow even wider with fear and he starts to back up and he, he hits against a tree and he's holding his palm out like to motion to stop or to beg. And he's like, you, 
your kin. Kin? I am not your kin. Now get out of my way before I run you over. Are you speaking in your old language or in Felish? I guess in Felish. It's the only new world language Vamak learned. This young man looks puzzled as you actually speak his language. And he says, you speak Felish? How? And then at that point, Lyrian bursts through the underbrush as well. Vamak, what is going on? Lyrian, I have found one of the locals. It is a boy, frightened. He called me his kin. Very interesting. Maybe you can be of assistance. Uh, do you know a way out of here? A way? Where? Your fellas, it's rough. I'm here looking for a friend. He was taken. Two days, um, two days, uh... And he's holding up two fingers. Two days ago. Ago, yes, two days ago. Taken by an elf. Like him. And he points to Lyrian. The young man points to Lyrian and is like, he's no elf. And he motions no across his chest. And then he forms a big like circle with his hands in the air. And he's like, elves are large, blue. And then at this point, Luca bursts through the underbrush. Uh, so Luca, you know, seeing everyone stops, he stops with a jolt. He looks, he sees them. He sees a small man. You know, he's carrying what few things he gather in his arms. He's still got his rapier out. He's, Why are we stopping here? What are we doing? We need to continue on. Who is this? I do not know who this is. Then turning to the young man. What is your name? My what? I'm sorry, but your fellas is quite bad. Okay. Um, when that happens, Lyrian looks at Vamak. Uh, regardless, uh, we need to get out of here. Where's Reese? As if on cue, Reese then bursts through the underbrush behind you. What by the gods was that? Uh, Thank heavens you three are all right. And he sees the, the young man. Is he still sitting, like, backed up against the tree? He's kind of stood up a little bit, but he's still holding the tree around his back with one arm. Reese is a bit on edge and paranoid, and he, still having his greatsword drawn, kind of approaches unknowingly, threateningly towards this young man. Like, he has it slightly raised. And who who is this? As Reese makes his way forward, Vamok sticks out his hand as if to stop Reese. says, a moment. He seems to know of something called an elf. It is big. Perhaps the thing that we saw. And then he turns back to the boy and casting minor illusion conjures an image much smaller than the actual elf. But from what Vermont can, you know, all of the detail that Vermont can remember, he creates a miniature version of the wispy floating orb thing. So, Vamok, this is back when you cast your Eldritch Blast, too. You felt a little weary. And now as you cast Minor Illusion, too, in game terms, you're going to gain one strain. Okay. This has never happened before, but you feel as if casting magic is taking its toll out on you. And the young man goes, yes, an elf! That is an elf! At this point, Reese just kind of says, yes, very well, but we must... Go. We must find Yellowford. We cannot have contact with this man. We need to leave him be. We don't know what kind of trouble we're causing. And he starts to kind of usher them, gather things, and tries to shuttle the young man away. And then you hear a... And a... And a bolt from a crossbow pierces through the young man's neck and sticks him to the tree. And as he's sort of clawing at his throat and bleeding out and gasping for breath, you just see the light fade from his eyes as he sort of slumps further and further down 
the bolt stretching and ripping at the flesh at his neck. Immediately, Lyrian draws his bow and points in the direction from which the bolt came from. And coming from the trees, you see about a dozen well-armored soldiers in leather armor, actually, uh, wearing black cloaks and most notably carrying insignias around their necks or emblazoned somewhere on their armor of the Rift Wardens. The chief of which, standing in the center and coming forward, puts another bolt in his crossbow and then slings it back across his back. I'm assuming they're close enough that he can tell who this man was who shot him. Or he would be able to tell if he knew him, like if he had known him previously in his time coming up to the Rift Wardens. I think Reese, only Reese out of the four of you would know that this is Ignalus. Okay. And does Ignalus have any sort of like stigmas around him or I don't know? Like... Oh, for sure. He has a reputation for being quite unforgiving and incredibly harsh. He was a commander back at the Rift Warden encampment. And he was one of the first to go through the rift. Reese, seeing this man reloading his crossbow, slinging across his back, approaches him rather furiously. Oh, Ignalus, I should have known. You didn't have to kill the young lad. He was but a boy. You broke protocol. That's all we do. We were leaving. Yes, and you were leaving a problem behind. I solved your problem. And you see the, the light kind of flare behind his eyes behind the mask <sighs> yes we are leaving any emotions towards his men to gather supplies and start packing up it, very clearly intending we're leaving without them while this is going on luca had actually gone toward uh the young man where he got hit i mean it was pretty obvious that he was dead but he just wanted to see if there was anything he could do he realized you know there's nothing so you see him he places the young man in as respectful of a position as he can um he takes the bolt out and cleans that up and then says a short not really a prayer but just uh i guess technically it would be a prayer if he's saying it so um he says a, a short prayer under his breath no one can hear him but it, it's pretty clear from his actions that was not something that he approved of and death is not something that he scoffs at when reese approached ignalus leering lowered his bow copy that does reese turn away from ignalus at all yes very, very much so so after he said you know, where we were planning on leaving, he turns and then starts gathering the other three. So Ignalus grabs you rather forcefully by the shoulder and whips you back around. And you see his eyes flit down real quick to your insignia, seeing that you're a lieutenant, and then back up to meeting your gaze. And he says, Rolandia, if I recall correctly, I see you've made lieutenant. What is it that the peons called you? Reese, was it? Reese doesn't really respond. He just kind of stares even more intently yes if you have the slightest inclination that you would go on your own i'm sorry to disappoint you but you'll be coming with us yellowford is a good ways away a half day's journey at least you would never make it on your own especially in this new found land and all its damnable abominations as you've surely seen for yourself by now besides it's apparent that your group here cannot be trusted to follow protocol as dictated by the warden commander and reese at this point just kind of lightly brushes his hand off well i don't think that should be a problem seeing as the warden commander is not here right and in his stead i speak for him now and he turns toward his detachment gather up their supplies we move immediately if you fall behind turning back to reese then you're on your own 
move. And they start going, picking up supplies, picking up the slack. One of them just straight up takes the sled away from Vermok and pushes along, if you allow him to. Vermok does. In fact, he even motions towards Reese. He gives him, you know, kind of the little finger, come here. Beckon. The beckon. <laughs> All right. <The> beckon. <laughs> not, not beckon just, your commander. Not just the finger. He doesn't give Reese the finger. <laughs> he just gives him the, the beckoning finger. <laughs> All right. Uh, R- Reese was already on his way over anyways, so he makes his way now a little bit more purposely towards Vamok. As Reese approaches him, Vamok says, in a slightly hushed tone, he says, Reese, perhaps it is best if we fall behind, as it were. I do not trust Ignalis. You and I both, but I believe he has a point. He's been here for... How long has Ignalis been here? In You have no idea. Oh, in your in, terms? In our terms, yeah. Two and a half. Two and a half years? Nearly, as much as you know. Okay, so now responding to Vamak. <laughs> uh, I wish we could, but unfortunately he has a point. Ignalis has been here for at least two and a half years. He surely knows how to get us, one, back to Yellowford, and if that elf, as it's called, is any indication of the dangers that lurk here, we could use the numbers. I say we follow them back to Yellowford, we carry out our mission, but then I agree, let us separate from him as quickly as possible. Does everyone then fall in with Ignalis and his detachment? Luca does, following Reese, but by the extent also following Ignalis. Very well. So as you are going along with Ignalus and his group, he was telling you the truth. The whole journey takes you about a half day. You start out where you were in these forested lowlands and moving as far as Ignalus tells you southwestward, you come upon these large hills that then grow into mountains and these huge ranges that stretch on as far as your eyes can see. From the canopy before and the larger trees you didn't actually lay eyes upon before, but Now their majesty is plain for you to see. And you navigate through a small pass that rises steeper and steeper until you come to a rather flat part, basically wedged between these two large mountain ranges. And you can see a good expanse of a large valley behind you where you came from as the sun begins to set. And as you enter this part, you really haven't spoken to Ignalus and he hasn't spoken to any of you, but at this point... He kind of saddles up next to Reese, and he draws back his hood, and he pulls down his bandana that he was wearing, as you had only seen his eyes really before. And you see that he is much, much older than you would have imagined him being. Like, if he was 20 when he left, he's 45 now. Wow. Um, So, and you said he was next to me. Yes, and he sort of just talks a little bit about the terrain, and then as he brings you to the precipice of the other side of this flat expanse, the valley disappearing behind you, you see a large veil in front of you. The Yellowford Vale, in fact, as Ignalus points out. At its heart, a large city and a river running through it, although something is still a little strange. And as you begin to pick your way down the other side of this mountain, It's plain to see from the state of the city in the distance and the wardens around you that something has gone horribly wrong. 